Good evening. Good evening. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, chapter 6. We'll be looking at verses 16 through 19. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Now, have you ever thought about God's view of sin? What does God think of sin? Now, throughout the Bible, we see how God deals with sin. You know, in the book of Genesis, we see God casting Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. We see God cursing the earth because of sin. We see the sacrificial system that was set up. We see God giving the law and all the requirements of the law and how one could atone for sin through this sacrificial system. Overall, we also see the plan of salvation and how it is laid out and how it leads up to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Of course, again, this is how God deals with sin and how it culminates in the person of Jesus Christ. Yet, what does the Bible say about God's view of sin? What does God think about sin? We find that actually in Proverbs. We also see it in Romans chapter 1, what God thinks of sin. Look at Proverbs Chapter 6, verse 16 through 19. It says, These six things doth the Lord God hate, yea, his soul abhorreth seven, the haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and the hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that imagineth wicked enterprises, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and him that raiseth up contention among brethren. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Be with us tonight, Lord, as we worship. Just give us an understanding into your word, Lord, and help us just to learn what you would have us to learn and help us to apply what we learn into our hearts and life. And Lord, I just pray that you would again be with those that are sick and shut in, those that cannot make it this evening, those that have lost loved ones, those on the prayer list, Lord, we just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And Lord, I just pray again that you would be with us tonight. Give me the words to say and just bind on Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. In this passage of scripture, we see that God hates sin. He hates it. All of the things listed in this passage are sinful. I mean, think about that. All of them are acts of sin. And this list is is far from including all that could be considered sin. Even though it is a very thorough list, you know, there are things in here that we do not see that we see later on in the Bible that 
is declared sinful or that we see earlier in the Bible that is declared sinful. But all of these things encompass sin. And if you think about it, all of these things can be seen in one way or the other in the Ten Commandments. In the law. But what we can see is, is they encompass what we consider all sin. They are all a violation of the law of God. And if you think about it, one violation of God's law is a violation of all of God's law. All of these things encompass sin. Now, it's similar to what we see in Romans chapter 1, verse 18. If you look at Romans chapter 1, verse 18, what does it say? It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, which hold the truth in unrighteousness. So in that verse, you see God's wrath is revealed against two things, ungodliness and unrighteousness. Well, if you think about ungodliness and unrighteousness, both of those things encompass all that is considered sinful. The list in chapter 6 of Proverbs, all of these things are ungodly and unrighteous. So in Proverbs, we see that God hates sin. In Romans, we see that God's wrath is revealed against sin. But why? Why does he hate sin? Why is his wrath revealed against sin? Look at Proverbs real quick, chapter 6. The first thing it says is that he hates the haughty eye. What is a haughty eye? What does haughty mean? It's pride. It's pride. The first thing listed here that God hates is pride. Now, if you think back, what did pride lead to? It led to the fall of Lucifer. It led to a rebellion by Lucifer and a third of all the angels. But then if you think about it, when, when the devil tempted Eve in the garden, how did he tempt her? He attacked pride. You will be like God. 
Thus, God hates pride. A lying tongue, someone who speaks lies. He hates lies. Now, if you think about why God hates lying, it's because lying is contrary to what? The truth. God is truth. Everything that he speaks is truth. So lying is contrary to his very nature. He hates lying. Hands that shed innocent blood, murder. Now why would God hate murder? Because God is a creator of life. Only God can create life. Only God can give life. Shedding innocent blood is murder. A heart that imagines wicked enterprise. Someone who sets their heart on doing nothing but wickedness. Doing nothing but evil. Someone who plans evil things. Now, if you think about it, this could be something that happens very quickly. Because when someone is going to sin, you know, we in our in our in our minds, we imagine, oh, well, someone can just commit a sin spur of the moment. But if you think about it, your mind devises the sin. You're tempted, and then your mind devises a way to succumb to the temptation. That's why all sin... Every sin is judged. You can't say a spur of the moment thing, oh, it just happened. It didn't just happen. You thought it out. And that's what Proverbs is saying here. A heart that imagines wicked enterprises that could be someone who plans out an elaborate scheme and it could be something that happens at the drop of a hat because they're both planned. Because you have to come up with a plan to do it. Feet that run to mischief. Someone that just runs to go do evil things all the time. They love it. And we know people like that. Christians shouldn't be that way. But we even know Christians that are that way. They just run to go do things that in the long run you look at it and it's evil. 
But God hates that. A false witness that speaketh lies, again, we see in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not bear a false witness. Or bear a false witness against your neighbor. Basically, it's the same thing. Speaking unjustly about someone else, telling lies about someone else, spreading gossip about someone else, that is, a, that is spreading a false witness. God hates that. And then, him that rises contentions around brethren or among brethren, causing trouble among brethren, whether it's causing trouble in a family, causing trouble between neighbors, causing trouble in the church. That's what that is talking about. All of these things is raising up contentions among brethren. Now, why would God hate that? Because what does it do? It can destroy families. It can destroy friendships. It can destroy the church. God hates it. It's sinful. And again, this list is, you know, it's seven things, but it's not exhaustive. There are many other things that God hates that are sinful. And we see it spelled out in the law. You know, notice one thing that's not listed here? Sexual sin. We know that God hates that because of the way he judges it. So there are many things that could be added to this list, but these are seven things that encompass what is found in the Ten Commandments. God hates these things because God hates sin. And the reason God hates sin is what sin has done to his creation. I mean, think about what sin has done to God's creation. And when you talk about God's creation, you know, one thing that people fail to do when you talk about God's creation, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? The universe, the earth. But when you talk about God's creation, you have to look back before the universe, before the earth, because God created heaven. God created the angels. So his creation encompasses everything he has created. Angels, heaven, universe, earth, planets, stars, everything. And the reason God hates sin is what it has done to all of creation, angels included. Because if you think about sin, what happened? The sin of pride caused the downfall of Lucifer and a third of the angels. That, rebel that caused a rebellion in a war in heaven. 
Sin caused the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. It caused Adam and Eve to be kicked out of the garden and it caused God to curse the earth. Sin has been called the cause of murder, war, and everything else you can think of. Prostitution, drug addiction, alcoholism, robbery, Rape, sexual perversion, pornography, the list can go on and on and on. That is caused by sin. And as a result of sin, what has God done? He has judged sin and has condemned Satan, the fallen angels, and the lost to hell. That's why God hates sin. Because of what it has done to creation. He hates sin because it is counter to his holiness. Sin is the exact opposite of holiness. It's counter to his love. Sin is not love. Sin is counter to love. Sin finds its foundation in evil. Sin is darkness, not light. God is light. Sin is darkness. Sin runs counter to everything to which God stands. And this is why he hates sin. But what did sin also cause? It caused him to sacrifice his son. To save us from the penalty of sin, which is death. The wage of sin is death. Spiritual death. This is why God hates sin. Sin leads to death. Eternal damnation. And this is why God must punish sin. Because it is evil. And it's counter to his holiness. As the Bible says, he hates sin and his wrath is revealed against sin. All sin. And if you think about it, knowing what God thinks about sin, knowing that his wrath is revealed against sin, knowing that God hates sin, and knowing what sin has cost God, cursing the earth, damning the lost to hell, and the death of his son, it should move us to shun sin. Christians should shun sin, 
knowing what sin has cost God, knowing what sin does to the individual, knowing what sin has done throughout the centuries. It should move us to to rely on the Holy Spirit to overcome sin. And that's how we overcome sin. Through the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. Sin is counter to the holiness of God. Sin is counter to our life as a Christian. Why? Why would it be counter to our life as a Christian? What happens when we become a Christian? What does the Bible teach us happens? One, we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Two, we're united with Christ. We're to repent of our sins turning from them. The blood of Christ covers us. Thus we're justified in the eyes of God and then we're set apart, sanctified for the work of God. But if you think about what happens there, the first two things, we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And then we're united with Christ. What happens when we sin? Paul tells us. What does he tell the church at Thessalonica? He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. If we fall into sin, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We damage our fellowship with God. And because we are united with Christ, because we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, because we have said that we have repented of our sin, which means we have turned from sin and turned to God, we're to shun sin. Because when we sin, in a sense what we do, we are dragging the Holy Spirit, we are dragging the Son of God into that gutter with us. when we fall to sin. Christians are to live a life that is pleasing to God. One in which we can live a life of repentance, turned from sin. A life where we show that we are united with Christ, that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. A life that is pleasing to God is one in which we do not grieve the Holy Spirit by falling to sin. That we do not drag the Son of God into the gutter with us by falling into sin. One in which we do not ruin our witness by falling into sin. Because we see in the scriptures God hates sin and as a result we are to hate sin. Because sin is counter to the holiness of God. Thus, Christians are to strive to live a life after Christ. A life that shows our union with Christ. A life that shows our indwelling of the Holy Spirit. A life that shows 
Christ in us. And that is a life of holiness that is free from sin. Stand for prayer. Most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us as we go into this time of invitation. Again, Lord, if there's any that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.